Welcome to the Zoe Church Podcast. Before we begin today's message, just want to take a second to thank everybody who gives through tithes and offerings to Zoe Church. We cannot thank you enough. I'm excited for today's message. We are starting a brand new series entitled Talk of the Town out of Mark chapter 5. The title of today's message is Talk Your Talk. Okay, Mark chapter 5, we're starting a brand new series today called Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. We're going to be in Mark chapter 5 today, and we're starting a series uh, that we're going to talk about freedom and forgiveness. Freedom and forgiveness. And we're going to talk about your life, your sphere of influence matters. God has given you a sphere of influence Uh, and has given you a call to make a difference in people's life. In order for us to do that, we have to receive the freedom and the forgiveness that Jesus offers to us. And so we're going to take a couple weeks to uh, dive into this series. I'm excited for it. I think this is going to be a game changer for our church. I'm excited to talk about freedom and forgiveness. The life that you want to live is a free and forgiving life that comes only through Jesus. And in order to make an impact that lasts in somebody's life, an influential impact, you first got to be free and you first got to be forgiven. So we're going to look at Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. You are going to get your Bible reading in this morning. We start the story, verse 1. They arrived on the other side of the sea in the country of the Gerasenes. As Jesus got out of the boat, A madman, other translations say a demon-possessed man from the cemetery came up to him. He lived there among the tombs and graves. No one could restrain him. He couldn't be chained. He couldn't be tied down. He had been tied up many times with chains and ropes, but he broke them. No one was strong enough to tame him. Night and day he roamed through the graves and the hills, screaming out and slashing himself with sharp stones. Uh, this is not a horror film. I know it's like if you're like your first time, you're like, dude, what are we talking about? Don't worry, we're going dive, to dive into it. When he saw Jesus a long way off, he ran and bowed in worship before him, then howled in protest. What business do you have Jesus, son of God, messing with me? In verse 9, I love, uh, or Jesus had just commanded the tormenting evil spirit, out, get out of the man. Verse 9, Jesus asked him, tell me your name. He replied, my name is Mob. Other translations say the word legion. This word was a Roman term that was used to distinguish that this was a troop of about 6,000 soldiers. So this man, the demon responding through the man, says, my name is Legion. This man is possessed by not one demonic spirit, but many. Then he desperately begged Jesus not to banish them from the country. Verse 11, a large herd of pigs was grazing and rooting on a nearby hill. The demons begged him, send us to the pigs so we can live in them. Jesus gave the order, but it was even worse for the pigs than for the man. Crazed, they stampeded over a cliff into the sea and drowned. Notice what happens here is what happened to the pigs is what the demons were trying to do to the man. But remember that Genesis says that you are created in the image of God. 
His DNA, his imprint is in you. He has formed you. He has created you. He has called you. The Bible says that you were created to rule, to partner with him in moving creation forward. So what the demons were able to do to the pigs, they were not able to do to the man because Jesus is in control of our life. The Bible says that you and I, we were bought with a price. Jesus holds our world in the palm of his hand. There's nothing that is too powerful for Jesus in your world. Verse 14, those tending the pigs, scared to death, bolted and told their story in town and country. Everyone wanted to see what had happened. They came up to Jesus and saw the madman sitting there wearing decent clothes and making sense. No longer a walking madhouse mad of a man. Verse 16, those who had, had seen it told others, what had happened to the demon-possessed man and the pigs. At first they were in awe, but then they were upset, upset over the drowned pigs. They demanded that Jesus leave and not come back. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the demon-delivered man begged to go along, but he wouldn't let him. Jesus said, go home to your own people. Notice how he says, go home. This man has been living ostracized from his community because of what was in him. And so because he was demon-possessed, they had ostracized him to the cemetery. And so Jesus says, no, you go home to your own people. Tell them your story, what the master did, and how he had mercy on you. The man went back and began to preach in the 10 towns area about what Jesus had done for him. He was the talk of the town the talk of the town in this series. We're gonna talk about the fact that there is freedom and forgiveness that is in Jesus that only comes through Jesus. But that freedom and forgiveness is to impact our life so that we can make an impact in other people's lives. The underlying word for you know, today would be the word influence. In order to be a blessing in somebody's life, you have to have first received that blessing. And so today we're going to talk about he was the talk of the town, but it was his story and it was his voice that he used to be able to make a difference. The title of today is Talk Your Talk. Talk Your Talk. The first thing that the enemy wants to take away from you is your voice. The second thing that he wants to do in your life is once he's taken your voice, he wants to isolate you. But today we're getting free. We're realizing that we're forgiven. And we're going to make an impact with that. Make no mistake, we are all being influenced by something or someone. We're all being influenced. We're all being influenced by something or someone. Uh, my daughter one day ran into the kitchen. My wife and I were in the kitchen. She runs in. She's eight. She runs in screaming, Dad, 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 Vincent, who's my six-year-old, Vincent, said the B word. In my head, you're eight. What's the B word to you? So she says it. And I'm horrified. I'm, I'm shook. But between you and I, I was kind of proud because she said it with like some authority. 
I was like, if you're going to say it, like, say it with your chest. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, come here. We got to go to the kitchen table. We got to talk about this real fast. But I realize sometimes that I can tell who my kids are hanging out with based on how they talk. I say, hey, who taught you that word? She's my friends at school. I said, oh, shoot. Here we go. We're officially here. But you can, you, you, you realize spending time with people that you can see what's influencing them and what's determining how they talk, determining how they speak, how they live. When you spend time with Jesus, you begin to operate, to think, to speak like Jesus. You live at peace. You're, you, there's a there's a stillness about you. There's a comfort about you. There's a way that you forgive. There's a way that you talk. And what this series is really designed to do, and what we're going to talk about today, is that as Jesus followers, you can be under the influence of something else other than Jesus. Said this way, you can be under the influence of somebody even though you are a Jesus follower. You can be held hostage to old thinking patterns. You can be held hostage to uh, old relationships in old ways, even though you love Jesus. Even though you follow Jesus, you can, yeah, sure, you are saved and you're going to heaven, but you're still held hostage to something in your life. And in order to go forward, we have to at least stop and we have to say, is there something that's in my life that is hindering me from walking in what God has called me to do? You are graced. You have skills and talents given to you by God. There is a calling and a purpose that is on your life that is God-determined. And the enemy of your soul would love nothing more than to hinder you from fully walking in what God has for you. Said this way, there is a promise that is in Jesus that you can wake up tomorrow with joy, with peace. That you can go through storms in life and still experience the love and the kindness and the grace of our God. But there are things that will hold us hostage to being able to move forward in what he has for us. And we have to take inventory of our heart. We have to take inventory of our mind. We have to take inventory of our home. And we have to say, if I'm not experiencing freedom, if I'm not experiencing kindness, if I'm not experiencing patience and stillness, if I'm not experiencing freedom... Why not? Could there be something that is in my world that is hindering me from experiencing the freedom that God has for my life? The first thing that we have to do is we have to recognize that we need freedom. We have to recognize that we need freedom and we have to recognize that it is available to us. I love what Romans 3 says. Romans 3 says, for everyone has sinned, we fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet, God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. You are, well, the intention is for you to be free. 
Romans 6 says it like this, but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Galatians says it like this, for you have been called to live in freedom. You are meant to be free. You are meant to live in the forgiveness and the freedom of Jesus. There is a freedom and a forgiveness that leads to salvation, which means there is a freedom that I have received where I I have decided to follow Jesus. I've given him my life. I've surrendered to him. And now I am going to heaven. And there is a freedom from sin. We call that sanctification. That is a daily, daily thing that we walk with where every morning we wake up and we just say, all right, all right, God, I'm surrendered to you. Teach me, renew me, restore me, heal my heart, cleanse my mind. Um, I'm here before you. I'm here before you. You can have your way in my life. There is a freedom that is from sin. And in order to be able to walk in what God has for us, to live in that freedom, we must be free and not hostage to the things that hold us back. I want to ask a couple pointed questions here today. Food for thought. Is there an area in your life that you just can't get victory in? Is there an area in your life that you can't get victory in? Is there an area in your life where you feel helpless and powerless? Is there an area in your life where there is a sin that you have confessed over and over and over and over and 10 times over? You've confessed this. You've even told God, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to do that again but you keep doing it. You keep doing it. Is there an area in your life that you just can't get victory in? Don't be held hostage. Uh, I say this lovingly, and I say this to myself as well, but we got to wake up. There are things in your world that could just be bad decisions, and then there are things in your world where the enemy could be using it to hold you hostage. Make no mistake, we, we, we all make bad decisions, and we, we need to live with the consequences of those. But there are things in your world, things you can't get victory in, things you've been, things you've been trying, trying, and trying over and over again that could just be the enemy trying to hold you hostage trying to hold you hostage to an old thought pattern, an old relationship. And so he, he holds you hostage in these things. But Jesus says the good news is he can set you free. Those things that you feel have tied you down. Have you ever felt like it's just, I can't, I can't break, I can't break free? It could be the enemy trying to hold you down in that. I say today, let's get free. 
I say today, let's give those things over to Jesus. I say today, let's take inventory of those things. And I say today, let's get free in Jesus' name because that is the promise to you and I is that you and I, we can be free. The promise to us is not that we must work harder or try harder. The promise to us is to, is to receive the freedom that is within Jesus. It is to say yes to those things that Jesus is offering to us. And it is to take inventory and say, are there things in my world? It's not a weakness anymore. Our culture loves this, ah, it's just a weakness. No, it's not. It's been going on for 10 years. It's not a weakness. You're being held hostage. It's not a weakness. The drinking problem, the pills, what you're looking at, it's not, it's not a weakness. It's a real issue that good news you can be free from. But it takes giving it to Jesus, it takes acknowledging it, identifying it, and giving it to him. I haven't been in ministry that long. I haven't been in ministry that long. But the thing that I can say, the thing that I can say before you today is this, is that the people that struggle with getting free are the people that can't admit they're being held hostage. And so you see people struggle for years You see them struggle for years. Bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. I prayed about it. I I think God's calling us here. No, you're running. You're running from you. You're running from facing it. You're running from, you're being held hostage. Let's get free today. Let's get free. Let's go to Jesus who breaks every chain, who cuts every rope. You don't have to live in it. What I love so much about what Jesus exemplifies here and what the Bible says, you don't have to live in it. Nobody, who told you you had to live in it? Who told you you had to live in that thinking pattern? Like who told you you had to stay in those relationships? Who told you you had to struggle this way? That's not the Bible. Who said that, who told you that? I got one guess, the enemy. I got another guess, shame and guilt. But the Bible doesn't talk, put this verse up, Acts 3. It says, repent, turn to God. So that what, you can experience times of more striving, times of shame, times of guilt. No, it says that you can experience times of refreshing. Times of the Holy Spirit refreshing your life, reminding you that you are called, reminding you that you do have his grace, reminding you that he does love you, reminding you that he did give his life for you. I was reminded this week that, the, that from a quote from Jonathan Edwards that there is beauty, that Christ saw it as beauty to go, to die for our sins. Hebrews 12 says it like this. Hebrews 12 says, for the joy that was set before him. He went to the cross. He endured the sin and the shame. He endured the pain. He endured the crucifixion. Not so that you and I could wake up every morning struggling. You ever do something nice for somebody? And it just feels like they just blow it off. 
they don't like the gift, at least fake it. Like, at least just tell me, like, hey, I loved it. Thanks so much. And then, like, throw it away or give it away, like, when I'm not looking. Jesus didn't die on the cross so that you could struggle in chains and and be held hostage. He suffered the cross and he rose again so that you and I could experience true freedom, true life, true forgiveness. Somebody say amen. So we got to recognize that you need freedom. The second thing is, is you got to receive and get ready. You got to receive it. I love Pastor Chad says this all the time. The job of a Christian first is to sit and receive. The job of a Jesus follower is to first sit and receive. You cannot give away what you do not have. And so you got to sit and you got to receive that from the Lord. 1 John 1, 9 says that if you and I confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I'm tired of being held hostage to things that just make me feel unclean. Are you? Tired of being held hostage to old thinking and old patterns and old relationships and and shame and guilt and all the above. The Bible talks about if you confess it to Jesus, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse you from all of it. So we got to receive. But the second thing is, is we got to get ready. Because what I have received, the Bible talks about what we have received, we must freely give. So there are people that are in your world that need you to be free and forgiven so that you can make a difference in their life. So, So what God does is he gets your life in order. Notice when they come back, notice when they come back, the townspeople come back. They, they, they come back to him sitting in his right mind. He's sitting in his right mind and he's wearing clothes. God, when he gets a hold of your life and he sets you free and he forgives you, he gets your life in order. He gets your finances in order. He gets your relationships in order. He gets your thinking in order. Why? Because he does not bless chaos. God does not move through chaos. So he heals, he heals the man and then he begins to get his life in order. I don't know if you did this when you came today, here to the 1130 service, but when you came here today, I don't know if you left a window open in your house. I don't know if you maybe cracked the door, the back door, just to get some airflow. But imagine you leave a window open in your house and you come home today after the service, you went and got great ramen, you know, after here. And you said, man, that guy shouted at me a lot. And, you know, he was talking about demons and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and you come home and there's a, there's a thief, in your house. It's gotten in by the window. Did not get in the way that you're supposed to get in. But he got in by breaking in. And so he's gotten into your home. Does he own the home? No, he does not. But now he is in control. And there are things that are in your world that you may have opened a door to. That today, we give it to Jesus. There could be things in your world you have opened a door Maybe willingly or unwillingly, you have opened a door 
that now is saying, nope, I've got to close that. I'm not letting that in my home. When we, when we launched the church, we launched the church on this verse, John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. And it says, this is Jesus talking. And he says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy of your soul does not come over to your house to watch the Super Bowl and to eat wings and chips and guac. The enemy of your soul comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. So when we launched the church, we launched the church on this verse. Because the word for life there that's used, abundant life, is the word zoe. And so when we launched the church, we said, we're going to launch the church on this verse. That anybody who comes to Zoe is going to experience the abundant life that is in Jesus. And so the, the, the thing that we have to all collectively come around is, is there something that you have let the enemy into your home? You've left the door open. You've cracked a window. There, Paul talks about it like this. He says, there are things that I can do that are permissible, but they are not beneficial. There could be shows. There could be music. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I love Drake. I really do. I love Drake. Like, I love hip-hop. Baum and I, we used to have this tradition I'm here in the front row. We used to have this tradition that, you know, when we drive to church, we would listen to worship music. But when we would leave church at the very end of the night after everything was loaded out, we were listening to Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> and it's like, I love Drake, but I, I, don't, I don't listen to Drake thinking after I listen to it that I want to go serve people, that I want to love my neighbor, that I want to be generous. Now, you can listen to Drake. That's not the point of the message. Like, if you leave here and you're like, he told me not to listen to Drake. But there are things in your world that you could be opening a door to that you do not know that once you open that door, there is a real thief that wants to, ever heard of the, ever heard of the saying, you give somebody an inch and they take a mile? That's the enemy. You could be being held hostage right now because you, you opened a door you didn't know what it was going to do, but you open that door, and he's in. But again, this is not to depress you. This is not to make you sad. The good news is that Jesus is here. Jesus will save. Jesus will heal. He will make you whole and free. He will set you free. And so we got to ask ourselves these questions today. we got to ask ourselves, have we opened a door to something in our life where the enemy has come in and he now wants to, well, he now wants to take control of your life, wants to take control of your life. The result of receiving and getting your life ready and getting your life in order and, and the result of recognizing that you need freedom is a life transformation that is so obvious it's so obvious. Like this man, it was so obvious that everybody in your world can tell something is different about him. Something's different about her. 
something happened. And I don't know what it was that happened over the weekend, but when you left on Friday, I was ready to throw my phone at you. But now you came back and you're loving, you're encouraging, you're gracious. What happened? Jesus got a hold of your life. Jesus set you free. You realize that you are called. You realize that you do have a grace on your life. You, you realize that there is forgiveness that is for you. Amen? So life transformation, that's so obvious. The enemy wants you to move your focus off the power of Jesus and onto your history and your past. But today we're getting free. Maybe you've told yourself this lie that other people can get free, but I can't get free. That's the enemy holding you hostage. Today we're getting free. Why? Because there's a work that is set before us as a church. There's a work that's set before you as a parent. There's a work that's set before you as a, as a human being to make a difference and an impact in somebody's life. Mark 5 says that when he saw Jesus a long way off, he ran and bowed in worship before him. Satan does not have the power to stop you from coming to Jesus. He doesn't. So today, we're going to him. Today, we're going to Jesus and we're saying, Jesus, you can have my life. Jesus, I need you to heal me. Jesus, I need you to renew me and restore me. I need you to set me free. I need you to, I need you to make me whole. I need, I, need to be, I need to be whole today. I need to be whole today. I brought this Bible. Sometimes I preach with this Bible. And you can kind of see, I don't know if you can see it this far away, but you can see how frayed the pages are. And I love this Bible. I've had this Bible for many years. You can see the, the discoloring of the, of the pages. And you can see all the, all the lines and the highlights. And this is my grandfather's Bible. And I'm living in the influence and the decisions that he made. I see his influence when I look at this Bible. A man who said, I love, I love God. I love my family. I love his church. I love the city that I live in. And I'm going to open this daily to take care of this heart so that I can serve people, so that I can love my family, so that I'm not a knucklehead making dumb decisions, but I'm going before God. I see his influence in this. I see his influence. The, the pages are frayed and they're all highlighted. It still kind of smells like him. He used to wear polo, that, that green polo cologne. And I can see in this Bible, his influence, his influence still speaks to me. My dad, his influence still speaks to me. My dad, I'd get up early in the morning and my dad would have sports center on and he'd be working early hours of the morning. He'd have a game on from the night before. He'd be watching Sports Center, and he'd be working. I could see his hard work, his determination. That influence still speaks to me. I can remember getting up and him being at our kitchen table, Bible open, sitting before God, saying, God, you can have my heart. You can, you, you can, you can change me. You can transform me. I'm going to grow. I'm going to be the person that my wife needs. I'm going to be the person that my kids need. His influence still speaks to me. I want to be somebody that has an influence that speaks and transcends far beyond, far beyond my lifetime. I want to be somebody. I want to be somebody that they don't need to put my name 
on social media and they don't need to remember my name, but I want to be somebody that makes an impact in people's lives for years to come. I want to be somebody for for my family. I want to be somebody for this church. I want to be somebody for the city. I want this church. We didn't start this church just to have fun services on Sunday. We started this church to be active Monday through Saturday, not so that Zoe's name is great, but so that Jesus's name is great, so that people could experience his love and his compassion and his grace and the freedom and the forgiveness that's offered. We're not being held hostage anymore today. It's being broken today in Jesus' name. Chains are being broken. Ropes are being cut. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake for your life. Have you realized it yet? Have you realized through the course of this message that there's too much at stake? Not for any business, not for any financial gain. There's too much at stake because there's people that are watching you. There's little eyes that are looking up saying, I wanna be like my dad, or I wanna be like my mom, or I wanna be like so-and-so. There's people at your work that are watching you, seeing the things that you're going through and seeing, I don't know how she responds with kindness. I would have snapped at my boss. There's people that are looking at your life. There's people that are waiting for you to encourage them. There's people that are, that are waiting. They are waiting for you to pray for them. We gotta remind ourselves, we gotta wake up to this reality. The pandemic is over. It's over, it's gone. We're moving forward. As a church and as a community, we're taking ground. In your life, it's time to take ground. In your life, it's time to talk back. In your life, it's time to talk your talk. It's time to talk back to the enemy and saying, I'm forgiven, I'm free, I'm chosen, I got a call on my life, get out of here. And it's time to use your testimony. You got a story, you've got an incredible story. And I don't know who told you that your story doesn't matter. I don't know who told you that your life is not great. I don't know who told you that you shouldn't talk about what God is doing in your life. I don't know who told you, who tried to silence you. Is it the enemy? Is it shame? Is it guilt? Remember, what does the enemy do? He comes for your voice and then he isolates you. Today we're breaking free from that. Today we're breaking free from that. We're taking ground. We're taking ground. There's too much at stake. I wanna live a life, I, I don't know about you, I just, I wanna live a life that leaves an impact, not for my name, but for his. And the question, the final question we must ask ourselves, and this is a deep question, and I wrote this down yesterday, and it's something that I wanna address in my life every single day, but it's this, would the people around you follow Jesus better would they love Jesus more? Would they be more kind and gracious? Would they love God more if you weren't influencing them? That'll wake you up right there. I don't want my kids to get to the end of my life and say, you know what, uh, I looked at dad and I don't wanna follow Jesus the way that he follows Jesus. There's nothing that is more important in my life than getting to the end of my days and saying, I lived a good, faithful life 
and the people that are in, that were impacted by the influence that God gave me can say, I love Jesus more because I was around you. I wanted to be holy because you were holy. I wanted to, I wanted to read my Bible because I saw you reading your Bible. I wanted to lead a connect group because I saw you leading a connect group. I wanted to serve because I saw you serve. I wanted to lead people because I saw you lead people. We gotta wake up to what God wants to do in our life. But we also gotta see that what the enemy wants to do in our life. He wants, hey, he wants to, he wants you in the cemetery. Away, isolated, in hot, just being hostage. But Jesus comes and he says, nope, not on my watch. Not on my watch. In Mark 5, the townspeople, they say, Jesus, get out of here. This is crazy. The pigs, the, the man, this is crazy. But Jesus actually returns to the area in Mark chapter 7. Check this out. Mark chapter 7. Then he left the region of Tyre, went through Sidon, back to, back to Galilee Lake, and over to the district of, there it is, the ten towns. Some people brought a man who could neither hear nor speak and asked Jesus to lay a healing hand on him. Jesus urged them to keep it quiet. After he heals them, Jesus urged them to keep it quiet, but they talked about it all the more. He's done it all and done it well. He gives hearing to the deaf and speech to the speechless. They kick Jesus out of town. They run him out of town in Mark chapter five, but two chapters later when he comes back, they welcome him with open arms. I have to believe. You never hear about this man again, but you hear about his influence. You hear about his influence. I have to believe that that man took Jesus at his word and he said, I'm gonna go around all the 10 towns telling, telling people of what Jesus did for me, how he set me free, how he made me new, how he, how he healed stuff that nobody else could heal, how he helped me get back into my right mind, how he saved me, how he healed me, how he made me whole. And I have to believe that when he comes back in Mark chapter 7, just two chapters later, that it was the influence of a man whose life had been changed by Jesus, who all he did was walked around and he did what? Talked his talk. His testimony. And as his church and as his followers of Jesus, we got to get free. We got to get free so that we can do what God has called us to do. Amen. You can stand to your feet, Jesus.